Let's exalt the name of Jesus. Praise God. Great to see how so many visitors here in the house. We're delighted that you're here. Our world has furnished all of us with a lot of choices. But um, you made the right choice in being here this morning, and we're delighted that you're here. Praise God. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 42. Isaiah, chapter number 42. Two verses three verses of scripture here starting in verse number eight you got to say amen I am the Lord that is my name and my glory will I not give to another God's not going to give it to rock stars rap stars sports stars political people people that believe in global warming just making sure you're awake out there My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold the former things. Now notice this. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles, the inhabitants thereof. Verse number 9, again, behold, the former things are come to pass, a new things. I'm not sure that's proper English, but we're going to go with it because it's the word of the Lord. But I want to talk to us about a new thing. A new thing. A new thing. Why don't we put our Bibles down and one more time let's pray together. And let's pray that the Word of God would impact and take germination in somebody's life here today. God has something for every single person in this world. If they will just believe and open up their hearts. Father, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. We pray the Spirit of God would deposit some reality, some truth, a measure of your power and your will in every single life. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A new thing. The book of Isaiah, of course, one of the preeminent of the major prophets. has much to say through the inspiration of God about a new thing. And you have to understand that when the Bible talks about that, we're going to look at several biblical examples of this here this morning. You have to understand that it's not new to God. It's new to us. And God has a multiplicity of things that he wants to reveal to not just the human race, but to individuals, you and I. Subjectively, you and I. But when God reveals these things, it requires a particular time, in a particular place, one of the most notable of this, there's many scriptures that we could use to illustrate this, but in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4, 
in the Apostle Paul is talking about in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. It was in the mind of God from the very beginning because the Bible lets us know that Jesus was crucified not only from the foundations of the earth but before the foundations of the world. And so it requires a specific time and it requires a specific place. But make no mistake about it, heaven is bulging. Now that's a that's a anthropomorphic term. That's a human that's a human description of something that's that's supernatural. But heaven is bulging with things that God wants to give to us. I'm not getting many amens right now. And that's because we are trained by our culture to be pessimistic about receiving things from God. I'm going to tell you that when you obeyed the gospel by repenting of your sins, being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, God wants to give us good things. God loves us. Man, I'm, I'm going to have to break this thing over my knee here today. I want somebody to know God is going to bless you just because. You don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to cast out a devil, although that'd be nice. You'll probably get around to some of those things in your life. But God loves his children. Is there anybody here that has children? Do you love them? Have you spoiled them rotten? I rest my case. Where do you think you got that? You didn't get that from Mattel. You didn't get that from the world. You didn't get that from some Hollywood studio somewhere. You got that because of what God put in you. God wants to bless his children. Somebody clap your hands and give him the praise. We need to break this thing in half today. This is why so many of us are dabbling with the world. is because the instant gratification that the world can give you, you think is something that you need and want more than God. No, my friend, when God gives it to you, it is eternal, it is powerful, it is deep, it is wide, it is glorious. Clap your hands and give him praise. Heaven is bulging with spiritual gifts and blessings. I know this because I've been the recipient of some of these things. But Paul describes in Galatians chapter 4 a very powerful theological equation, especially when prophecy and the word of God being fulfilled, and that is in the fullness of time. That word time there is not chronos, where we get the word chronology, but it is the word kairos, which is spiritually talking about a specific moment or a season or a time in which worlds have aligned. And when worlds align, then that which is invisible becomes visible. And that which was promised becomes material. And that which was supernatural becomes natural. I'm not, come on, this is not metaphysics. This is not some college chemistry class. This is the Word of God. And God wants to bless you. I feel like beating my microphone right on the head of the devil that has lied to some of you and said, some of you... The devil has told you you are disqualified, you are second class, you are not. I don't even know how far I'm going to get here today. I'm going to run the devil out of this place. I'm going to get the devil dislodged off your life today. God wants to bless you. He gets no advertisement from an empty heart and an empty life and an empty spirit. Oh, one more time, lift your voice and clap your hands. And 
My God is a blessor. My God is a great God and a wonderful Father. And if we're not convinced of that, we'll continually gravitate towards instant gratification. It's quiet right now. That means I'm telling you the truth. But when worlds align with prophecy, with principle, with God, then things happen. In our text here this morning, God is saying, behold the former things have come to pass. A new thing, not new to God, but new to you and new to me, do I declare. And before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 18, says this. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. This is not new to God. There is nothing new to God. There is nothing all of man could get together and collaborate together and try to trick God into doing something. You are never going to catch God off guard. You are never going to be able to get to surprise God. Now it shall spring forth. That's being repeated. It shall spring forth. A new thing will spring forth. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm telling you, God wants to do a new thing. Your faith, the things that you've been exposed to, the things that we read in history books, the thing that we've looked at in Pentecostal scrapbooks have led us to this place. But I want to tell people that are in the end of this age, the end of time, that God wants us to be involved in a new thing. Go to Isaiah 48, I'm trying to convince you of this. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will ye not declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, which means they were hidden. They were always there. Now, this is key. This is critical juncture right here. They were always there, but they were hidden. Remember, it's not new to God. It's only new to us. And they were things that were there, but they were hidden, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. Next verse. They are created now and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldest say, Behold, I knew them. Which means God is saying, I didn't want you to know about these things when you started your journey with me. I didn't want you to be in it for those things. But I have determined that there are new things that I'm going to give to you just because I want to. Just because I'm God and my glory will I not give to another. Love this passage of Scripture because, as I've already mentioned unto us, it is not talking about some fabricated on-the-spot situation. It is something that God has vouchsafed in His own will, in His own time, for His own pleasure. If I don't do anything else here today but convince you that God is a good God, in what I'm feeling behind this sacred desk today, I'm going to feel like I accomplished something. 
The reason why if we're not careful as apostolics in the 21st century, you're going to have to go beyond, like it said on this, this Bible quizzing uh, little video that they played. We're going to have to go beyond a five-minute prayer meeting. We're going to have to go beyond just coming to church once a week. You're going to have to live for this on Monday. You're going to have to live for God on Tuesday. This is going to have to become real. It's going to be have to become part of the fabric of your inner man. It's going to have to become your reality. It's going to have to become part of your wants, wishes, and desires. Somebody clap your hands and lift your voice. It's not going to work for people that are casual. And so there are things that are there. But they are just hidden to us. Look at our scripture in the book of Colossians, chapter number one. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations. There are Old Testament prophets that inquired about this. The angels desire to look into this. Multiplied biblical figures have desired to look into what God was doing through the ages but now is made manifest to his saints to be in the church of the living God is the most glorious, powerful, wonderful thing that could happen to a human being. And it does not happen by you just sitting there. It happens when a person says, I see it in the Bible. I see it as the word of God. I see it as being truth. I'm going to go to the altar and repent. I'm going to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm going to be filled. there, it's a reality, but it's hidden. Which means it must be discovered. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, that there is no new thing under the sun. Unless it's discovered. In an incredible study that is done on the human race, whether it's in the Bible or out of the Bible, anthropologically, there are some incredible things to behold. There is an incredible difference between discovery and invention. Don't fall asleep on me just yet. The very first discovery that mankind made anthropologically is mankind discovered fire. It was not an invention. It was a discovery. The components for fire were already there. Starting to get this already? It's already there. But I have to discover it. I want to tell you, if some of you would discover really how much God loves you, it would turn your world upside down. You would never have to worry about listening to the lies of the devil again. But the problem is, is we are, we are bound. We are, now, we are now so bound by our habits and addictions that God would have to invade our space to convince us of that. And so as a man of God, I am here to take the sledgehammer of the Word of God and smash your habits and your addictions and let God get into your world and reveal to you how much He loves you. You go to bed depressed. You get up depressed. You question your value. You question your worth. It is a lie of the devil. I need this church to shout with a voice of triumph. 
One drop of the blood of Jesus Christ would revolutionize your world. You would never feel the same. You would never look at yourself the same. You would never look at God the same. You would never look at other people the same. Clap your hands and give him real praise. I'm going to get into your space. I'm going to break down that wall one brick at a time so that God can prove to you. The reason why the 21st, 21st century apostolic church is still bound with the gadgets and the gimmicks and the technology of this world is because many of us have gotten bored with the reality of the supernatural. The supernatural was never intended to be one event and one event only. It is an extension, which means if we let God walk with us every day, he will lead us to deeper depths. And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God has a gift. God has a touch. God has an anointing. Clap your hands and give him praise. I don't know how hard you want me to preach today. Come on, saint of God. Let's create an environment where the most cold saint can feel. I'm telling you, God loves everybody. Discovering new things in God is an internal fascination of this pastor. There can be no invention without discovery. One of the beautiful illustrations in Acts chapter number 3 is that you have some apostolics that are full of the Holy Ghost that are on their way to daily prayer. And there at the place was at the gate beautiful, which was a little bit like the pool of Bethesda. It was a place in which the maimed and the halt could beg as people were going to talk to God. And it was a place to, to, garner, uh, to garner the pity and the sympathy and the empathy of those going into the house of God. But I love that illustration. I don't believe this man wanted to be lame. He was lame from birth. There were, they, there were those that took it upon themselves to carry him daily to that gate. But there was that tinkling little coin. It was all he knew. It was all he had. I don't put him down. He's a great illustration. But God looks beyond the cup. God looks beyond that, that tinkling little cup. And you just trying to get by, just trying to survive with all of your addictions and all of the walls and all of the hurts. And let God lift you up and watch you dance around here today. Watch you leap around here today. The miracle working power has always been there, but it took a moment of discovery. Oh, let's clap our hands and give God praise. What would discovery do in a life here today? What could one person do to their world today if they discovered the power of an almighty God? that I pastor is I don't look at this brother over here that's a good looking haircut we need to share that we, we need to show that haircut off what a, I didn't know you was that good looking my goodness you can be seated I'm not trying to embarrass you see how the world looks at people is this guy might make Stand up. This guy might make a ton of mistakes, and we both agree that God forgives him. Go ahead and be seated. But for the rest of his life, every time, every time everybody looks at him, that's just Joe with all those mistakes. No, no, no. That's not what Cornerstone's all about. Your mistakes are a springboard into the grace. Your mistakes make you a candidate for the glory and the power of a resurrected Christ. Come on, somebody. 
but you're going to have to discover that. It's always been there. The glory's always been there. The power's always been there. Our project manager. Come here. I love this guy. And it's not because his tie is bigger than the, his collar. Did you see him taking a lap? Did you see that guy taking a lap? Come on, you can nod. Did you see him taking a lap? What does he know about God healing him? What does he know about God raising up a sick child? What does he know about a financial miracle? What does he know about God stepping out of eternity and performing the supernatural? What does he know about God bringing him a wife? What does he know about God bringing him a... Somebody needs to lift their voice. The former things are going to be undone by a new thing. Clap your hands. Lift your voice. This is an equal opportunity running church. Because the elder just took a lap. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many devils you were running with on Monday. As long as you repented between Monday and today. Just as long as everybody runs in the right direction. I'm so far off my notes, and it's a good message. But I'm here to tell you, i got to get through to this congregation. There's somebody here today. You're going to go right back out, and if you're not careful, you're going to be on a bar stool by 3 p.m. You want to know why? Because you need to discover. You need to inquire. You need to reach. You need to go beyond and realize, he does love me. He is with me. Those promises are for me. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. Somebody pray. Discoveries change the world. Somewhere in the past, Man learned how to build a fire. And what a blessing that has become. And because fire became the major source of heat for thousands of years, somebody learned that if you'll put water over fire, it will produce steam. And somebody, see, you can only have improvisation and you can only have invention once there's a discovery. But because somebody discovered how to build a fire and they learned that a fire will cause water to boil and boiling water creates steam. And steam can be used for propulsion. And that's how the railway was established in Western culture, was that they continued to heat that fire up. And it continued to create steam. And it created powerful propulsion. Somewhere back there, somebody that had a light bulb came up with a wheel. It probably started with watching a log roll down the hill. 
and they caught it just right in a horizontal position. And they saw the profile just right. And they thought, you know what? I can get something else to roll down here. I'll just, cro I'll just cut a cross section to make a smaller log, smaller log, smaller log. And then they finally got the understanding that it's an object. And as long as that object is, is round, it will roll. And somebody came up with a wagon wheel. And then somebody put propulsion together, and they understood if we get propulsion together and we get a wheel, now we can start doing this and we can start doing that. What I'm trying to say is one discovery. If you get one promise from God today, I will feel as a pastor that I've done my job. But some of you are walking in old things. Some of you are walking in leftovers from another generation. And God said, I've got something new for you today. I've got something powerful for you today. I want to revolutionize your world, and it's going to start with a discovery. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody give him praise. First, it was propulsion with steam, then it was propulsion using coal, and then it was propulsion with gasoline. And because they discovered propulsion with gasoline, we have automobiles. Don't talk to me about a green new deal. The green new deal needs to be you getting a raise on the job. That's what the green new deal needs to be. You're not going to send a spaceship to Mars in the Green New Deal, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody discovered electricity. Electricity had always been there. Electricity has always been with us. But somebody discovered if you'll have a positive and a negative, that's another way to get power because we have electricity. We have lights on in this building and we have heat in this building so that you're comfortable here today and we want you to be comfortable but we don't want you to be so comfortable that you don't get what God has for you. The main reason why this building is in existence today is not for the comfort of our lumbar support but the, the main reason of this building today is that human beings can make a discovery. Human beings can stumble upon that God loves me. You're looking at an ex-rocker, ex-alcoholic, ex-drug addict that has had, no, had absolutely no clue what this was. But I believe that God loves me and it changed my world and it led to this and led to that and led to this and led to that. Somebody! Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet. Somebody clap your hand. God has a new thing. Everybody lift your hands. Let's talk to God right now. Come on, lift your voice. Let's pray. God, I, I'm perfectly good. I'm thankful for a roof over my head. I'm thankful for, uh, for my loving family. But God, I want you to fill every visitor here today. God, I want you to touch every life here today. God, I want you to touch the bruised and the wounded here today. Come on, lift your voice and pray. In the 15th century, it became known as the age of discovery. And you have to understand that those men that took those original voyages
cartography was two-dimensional at best. There were still millions and millions and millions of people in the world that didn't have an education, any type of an education, even what we would consider a third-grade education today. But they were wise according to common sense. But there were millions and millions and millions of people in the world that did not, did not believe that the world was round. It wasn't until the 17th century that somebody was able even to put together an observ observable solar system and got the understanding that the planets are in rotation around the sun. That didn't happen for several hundred years. And so using very crude maps, they began to set sail. But when they made discovery, they came back bearing precious spices. If somebody can make a discovery today, you'll be on the phone with family members. You'll be on the phone with coworkers. You'll be on the phone with people that the devil's absolutely tormenting. But because you made a discovery, you're willing to share it with everybody now. Atomic energy's always been there. The macro world has always been there, and the micro world has always been there. But finally, somebody viewed the subatomic world and understood that they have principles, and they have components. And then once discovery was made, there was now innovation, improvisation, and invention. And somebody split an atom and not only furnished the world with a great source of energy, but made weapons of mass destruction. See, everything, every discovery that was made ultimately was used for evil. When the crank telephone was used and man got delivered from using the telegraph and started using the crude telephone that they used to have to turn and generate an electrical charge by turning the crank. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yellow. Everybody say that. I want to know you're awake. Yellow. This is pretty good. But then... That morphed into a dial-up. Now it's a smartphone. And now it's being used to view pornography and make 900 calls. When television was first created in the 50, it brought entertainment and news into every American household. Now it's a place for R-rated television. Every discovery and every invention that was first made by man has ultimately been used for evil. The Internet was used as the great harbinger of information. But now it's the absolute catalyst for the greatest form of bondage that the human race has ever seen. And now it's addiction to pornography. God wants to do a new thing. Let's lift our hands and give him praise right now. Let's give him praise. I'm so thankful that I can walk into this church and there's prayer and the worship is going up and the spirit of God is moving. I want to tell you that is priceless. It's priceless, but it's of no value until you discover the value of that. Enough talk about the negativity of man-made discoveries and invention. 
I wonder what would happen if somebody discovered God today. He's always been there. Just like electricity has always been there. And atomic power has always been there. God has always been there. But man doesn't have the right equation. He doesn't have the right combination. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have the knowledge. Which is why God sent me to Spokane, Washington. It was not to play patty cake with some kind of an organization and go through the motions and build some kind of glee club. It was to build a church out of raw material in a part of this world that doesn't understand that if you can get your hands in the air, and you can begin to lift your voice and you can begin to obey the word of God that you can tap into another world. You can tap into an inexhaustible substance and let God do a new thing. The only way that somebody can get bored with God is if you have not settled the posture, the position, and the preeminence of your flesh. If your flesh is not your friend, it will send you to hell in a human casket. And so the voice of your flesh has got to be confronted with the voice of that book that puts a bit in its mouth and puts a saddle on its back and harnesses the lusts of the flesh and say, no, 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 you're no longer in control. When God filled me with his power now, this is the only agency. This is the only power. This is the only way that the flesh can ever be harnessed. It's not through psychiatry. It's not through psychology. It's not by a 12-step program. It is the power of the almighty God that understands who you are. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. Somebody give him praise. You have to discover that, sir. You have to discover that, ma'am. You have to discover that. Come on, let's clap our hands and lift our voice and give God great praise. I will do a new thing. When the gospel, when this apostolic message went forth, it emanated like the ripples in a pond. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It brought the Roman Empire to its knees. But Constantine was no fool and recognized, although we've been a pagan state where the Caesar was declared as being the God, he recognized that the only way that he was ever going to recapture and realign the Eastern Front with Rome was to convert the entire Roman Empire to Christianity. Well documented. Depending on which historian you want to read, is that's the version that you'll you'll believe. But Constantine understood. First thing I got to do is I got to rename Byzantium. Let's rename it Constantinople. And let's move our headquarters from Rome to the tiny isthmus that is now modern-day Istanbul that bridges both east and west as Constantinople. Constantine also recognized this apostolic doctrine that's been causing so much trouble in places like Asia Minor, Galatia, Cappadocia. We're going to have to reformat this doctrine And so he called some of the leading voices of the day and let them slug it out over basic doctrines. 
not realizing that what he was doing is formulating a doctrine where politics and religion could rule together. This became the very first beginning of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church was in domination for 1,200 years. And it all started with the discovery of Acts 2.38. But human invention turned into manipulation. And now they had manipulated it for human gain and human need. And now it was a perverted form of the gospel that God himself could not even honor nor recognize. And so in the 15th century, at the birthplace, at the age of discovery, when men became explorers, there was a monk in Wittenberg, Germany, that was translating the Bible from Latin into German that became the greatest hero by the name of Martin Luther. As he began to review this Roman Catholic message according to the original, he said, we're not even, this stuff that we're doing is not even in the Bible. It's not even in the Bible. And so he chose to leave the Catholic Church. It was a good thing he was in Germany because King Frederick II gave him, granted him, religious asylum where other, under any other circumstances he would have been excommunicated and lost his life. But he was, he was able to continue to influence other men, and he influenced John Knox, who became the father of the Presbyterians. He influenced the Wesley brothers that became the fathers of the Methodists. He influenced a guy named Zwingli in Swedenborg that were in Switzerland. The multiplicity of the Reformation can be attributed to one man's discovery by going back and reading the Bible. You're just listening. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in output mode right now. At the turn of the previous century, in the year 1900, there were nine mainline denominations in America. The non-denominational, interdenominational, interfaith movements did not exist before World War II. They are a sociological marvel. All of the GIs that fought in World War II when they came home under the GI program, they could afford homes a car, and began to raise family in houses that all looked the same in neighborhoods all over this nation. But they didn't want to go back to the mainline denominationalism of their mom and dad. And so it birthed, Brother Wokey, the beginning of the non-denominational movement, which is a sociological phenomenon. But today we're living among children that don't want to go to the non-denominational churches of their mom and dad. And so there's now churches where you just come as you are. You're going to get everything from entertainment to a rock band. The gospel has been watered down to maybe just a few bites of information just to get you through the week where you can cope, where churches are built on program instead of the reality of holy living and separated living. Pastor, you're being negative. I'm not being negative. I'm telling you the truth. If the truth is negative, America is in a quandary today because America has leaned on that. And it's now become the crutch in which people are falling down. And there's no, there's no supernatural power there. There's nothing there. But I'm telling you, God is going to do a new thing in the 21st century. Hallelujah. Our, our builder, our project manager said that builds churches all over America. He said the only denomination building churches today are apostolics. Apostolics are the only ones that are growing. They're not giving their buildings up. They're not giving their buildings back to the bank. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Can God do a new thing? Somebody needs to shout. Somebody needs to clap. You're going to be a part of it. You're going to be a part of this. It's a discovery that we're going to all make together.
Come here, Noah. I love this guy. Did you see him running the aisles? Brother Pyatt, what does he know about a financial miracle? What does he know about God? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you in the place where God can do something. Well, Pastor, he's a national Bible quizzing champion. That's not why he's running the aisles. This guy's excited for God. I'm going to tell you what, if you'll stay on track, God's going to raise you up and you're going to blow this world's mind. Come on, somebody stand to your feet and say, I'm ready for something new. I am so bored. I am so tired. I am sick and tired of the same old thing. Get your hands in the air and let God do something. Musicians, come. Somebody shout right now. Somebody give. No, some of you are just trying to convince the pastor. You know, this is just the way I am. You know what? When God looks at you, God doesn't look at you the way you are. God says, I got a new thing. And this is why, no, this is why some white-haired dude that used to dance around a concert stage with fairy boots is now preaching this apostolic message that is shaking hell, that is shaking this world, that is shaking this region. Clap your hands and give God the praise. God has always been there. God is that close to your nose right there. Everybody go like this right here. Look at your neighbor. God is closer than your neighbor. God is closer to you than the person you're standing next to. But you're going to need to make a discovery today. You're going to need to reach outside of your world and recognize God is bigger than my world. God is bigger than my heartache. God is bigger than the woundedness of my heart. God is bigger than my problem. God is bigger than everything else. I need to make a discovery. Lift your hands and give Him praise.